Welcome to another episode of the Pocket Mastermind Podcast. Uh, today I'm talking to holistic uh, wellness coach and mentor Lisa Gumanik um, about how to turn chaos into clarity, um, following her own experiences with stress, anxiety, overwhelm. Uh, Lisa created the Chaos to Clarity Reset Method uh, and she's here today to tell us about how that works. So Lisa, welcome from the other side of the world uh, to the Pocket Mastermind Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks, David. All the way from Sydney, Australia. It's so yeah. great to be here and having a chat with you today. Pretty much as far away as you can possibly get. So uh, the wonders of technology are winning again. Just about. I love it. I love it. It's, it is it literally so amazing that obviously at the moment we can't, you know, fly to in Australia, we're sort of not allowed out of the country or back into the country. So it is so beautiful that we can connect in so many ways and, you know, podcasting and Zoom, it really is beautiful and, and really powerful. It's one of the good things that's come out of this, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think there are, there are a number of good things that have come out of this. And I think that that connection, I think the realization for people that connection is so important. And, you know, we're going to talk a bit about anxiety and, you know, a lot of anxiety comes from or stems from connection or lack of connection. Yeah, definitely. So before we get into the, uh, the chaos, the clarity and talk a bit about anxiety and all the rest of it, let's get a bit of background on who Lisa is um, and how I mentioned a bit about your your own personal experience, but explain to us a bit about what led you uh, along this path. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So back in 2013, which is going on about seven years ago now, I literally thought I was on top of the world. I was marrying my partner, who is now my husband, seven years on. Um, but, you know, marry, marrying my partner, doing really, really well at work, winning awards. I just felt like I was literally on top of the world. But underneath all of that was stress, was anxiety, was overwhelm. And it was also pushing me to depletion. So I was depleting my physical body, my energetic body, my mental body, my spiritual body, like whatever aspects of me were just being depleted. So I went from being very, very functioning uh, in a corporate role, managing a team, winning awards at work to not functioning uh, and not being able to pro um, process or comprehend things, not being able to read a two-line email, I remember. So I had a lot of um, problems with brain fog and memory loss and cognition. And then I also had symptoms of chronic fatigue and a whole heap of other, other symptoms. And so I started off with uh, a diagnosis of glandular fever and then a few months later an autoimmune disease and then a few more two and a half years into that journey Lyme disease actually I had a car accident when I started to wow. uh, when, when I first started to get unwell and then I also had shingles and heavy metal toxicity and like the list goes on and on so for me a lot of chronic infectious illness but stress anxiety overwhelm is causes was that gradual did you realize it happening or is it did it happen fairly quickly in quick succession um it was uh i mean it's been a, a seven year journey so i was diagnosed with glandular fever which was about two months after my symptoms set in and then about 
for three months after that and autoimmune disease and two and a half years after that Lyme disease. And I think about two years after that was shingles and there's other bits and pieces obviously then thrown into the mix. So it took quite a long time for the different diagnoses, I guess mm -hmm. you could say, and the realization of sort of, you know, what's happening and what's happening within my body. But one of the biggest challenges all along the way, David, was really that uh, the emotional component mm -hmm. because all of these things are happening to me in my body and I didn't know how to process them. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the mindset, the emotional, um, I guess, resilience and strength and understanding or the spiritual connection before I got sick to then when I got sick, it just made it worse because I really wasn't able to process what was happening. And this, it took me years to, to um, really grasp what was happening. And I guess it's a bit of a snowball effect then. So was one thing happens and you don't have the coping mechanisms, mm -hmm. your susceptibility to other issues increases, right? Mm -hmm. How do you... What was the, how did you like kind of stop that snowball effect? Because obviously at some point it's got to a, it got to a place where enough was enough. Uh, so I'm in really interested at how you then gained that clarity uh, and the skills, the mental cognition or whatever it was that allowed you mm -hmm. to then put the brakes on and start to reverse that experience. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, being a type A personality, I was always pushing and always, you know, trying, what can I do next? What can I do next? What can I do next? So I started off right from the beginning, I was determined to like recover and do as, you know, whatever it took. And I started off with the physical things. What, a, what can I do from a nutritional perspective? What, do, what practitioners do I need to see? What can I do from a supplement perspective? What therapies can I have? You know, colonics or, or um, acupuncture or naturopathy or, you know, I tried so many different therapies. Uh, so it got to the stage that I was doing all of these therapies, but I thought there's something, something missing. Mm -hmm. And at one stage, one of my practitioners said to me, Lisa, I think you have trauma in your nervous system. And that, you say, what does that mean? Well, yeah, what does that mean? But it was, it was actually interesting because it was, I don't quite know what this means, but this feels so right to me. Like literally I thought, oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. But I also don't think I should have trauma because mm. I haven't had any major traumas. I haven't been like, you know, my family hasn't, I haven't had any family abuse. Um, I haven't had, you know, there hasn't been any violence, you know, I'm still with my partner and, you know, yes, I've been sick for so long, but what I hadn't realized is there's a lot of things that cause trauma, you know, being sick for so long mm -hmm. is a trauma, you know, chronic stress is a trauma or chronic anxiety is a trauma. Mm -hmm. So all of these things, um, events, experiences, uh, the inability to process emotions gets trapped and stored in the body and in the nervous system. And so then it's about getting it out of the nervous system. And I don't think we realize how much we hold on to if we're not able to uh, process it effectively and find and, and find a release for it because it, it yeah, all of that energy is stuck somewhere, right? 
good yeah, or bad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's physical energy. It is um, emotional energy. It's thoughts is energy. Mm-hmm. So all of these different things do get stored in our body and they get trapped. And so it's really interesting because stress, the, the center of disease control in America um, did a paper, a research paper, and identified that stress causes 90% of disease. Wow. 90% of disease. 90%. No. And you think how common stress is these days, you know, of varying degrees and, and we know we're more equipped to really deal with short bursts of acute stress. And we tend to live in this state of chronic stress, you know, get into work the commute in itself can be quite stressful never mind the experience when you're there and then all of the other stuff so yeah that's quite quite a scary statistic yeah it's a scary statistic and as you said and perfectly so david is those small things of like traveling to work every day is a small burst of stress but it's happening every day so that stress is actually then chronic And so, like you said, you know, um, when we talk about stress, we've got, and we talk about the nervous system, there's always this analogy of um, a tiger. Mm -hmm. And if we were to see a tiger, what would happen? How would we react? It's an acute reaction. Our body would, and nervous system would do one of three things. It would stay and fight the tiger. If you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just what your body and your nervous system naturally wants to do. I don't think I would stay and fight the tiger. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I would like to do the the second one, which is flee, get get out of there as quickly as possible. But I actually have a feeling that my nervous system, and this is number three, is to freeze. Mm -hmm. So you fight, you flee, or you freeze. And so, you know, we're used to doing that with tigers or that's our natural, our body's natural response mechanism. But things like, uh, you know, the chronic stress of getting to work can put our body into a fight, flight, freeze mode without us realizing it. And one thing is our mobile phones, Mm -hmm. you know, they go ding constantly. And each time that that, um, the phone rings or there's a ding, it's a shock to the nervous system and, it's, it can put you into that fight, flight, freeze mode. So what we have in our society is this accumulation of um, experiences and stressful experiences that increase our cortisol, weaken our immune system. So that makes us more susceptible to illness and disease. And so in my situation, a lot of the, the, um, you know, the stress that I put on myself and expectations that causes stress. Then, uh, then when I got sick, so one is it depleted my immune system so much physically with the nutrition, the emotions, the mindset that it made me weaker. And so then when I got sick, my immune system is suppressed. I don't have the emotional, the mental, the spiritual coping mechanisms and tools. So then I'm stuck in this, this loop of, of illness because I don't know how to get out. I don't know what to do. And a lot of it was that the trauma, the emotions that was stuck in my body that I needed re- to release. And it starts to feed itself, I suppose. Like you kind of just in this spiral, that's a feedback loop that goes round and round and round until you find the way off. So 
what was it that really started to make the big difference for you? So for me, the big difference, and look, all aspects are important and made a difference. So right from the beginning, I made nutritional changes and that's really important. Uh, but for me, it was, and I, and I very much look at things from a holistic perspective, but for me, it was the uh, emotional side, the emotional and the thought side. So tapping into the traumas um, and the unprocessed experiences and really understanding what they are and releasing those from the body. So it's kind of like, I describe it like we where our body is like a bucket, for example, and uh and then you know we generally are born and it's empty and then we have some experience and it gets stuck in the bucket and another experience and it gets more and more stuck and so things like anxiety um stress overwhelm feeling stuck unmotivated and various symptoms is that actually that bucket overflowing so the body has all these things like trapped inside it and the symptoms are saying hey body, I can't cope anymore. I need some help to release these things. Can you please help me? So it's really a sign. And so for me, it was releasing those things from my trapped bucket, from my nervous system that have really made a difference. And how do you go about that process? Yeah. So that process is, um, well, it's really an amazing process. So I, I've created uh, a chaos to clarity reset process. Um, to help guide people through that that journey. So the first one is to have an understanding of, um, or to actually create the vision that people want for themselves. Now, when you are in a situation of, you know, chronic illness or stress or anxiety, it can be really hard to create a vision. Sometimes it's, I just don't want to have, you know, these symptoms. I don't want to feel like this. Uh, and people don't often know that it's possible to have so much more. Mm-hmm. So, so reframing away from what you don't want to have to more about what you do want to have kind of more yeah. and frame a more positive um, uh, moving towards rather than moving away from. Yeah, absolutely. Because once you set that intention, it makes it possible. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, I think it's uh, Bruce Lipton and uh, actually it's probably Joe Dispenza talks about, you know, our thoughts uh, is one of the first things that happens yeah. before things are actually created. Things happen in our energetic body before they happen in our physical body. Yeah. So dis-ease happens energetically before it comes into our physical body. Our thoughts, things happen in, in our thoughts before it actually becomes a reality. So yeah, having an, an understanding of what it is that, that you want um, and that might be, you know, an ultimate mindset. It might be uh, an, a certain level or amount of well-being, or a certain amount of clarity for a lot of people. And ultimately, that's generally what comes through the whole process is clarity. But so step number two. So first is is create um, like create the vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is identify, and so that is about identifying the roadblocks to that vision. What is stopping you or people from achieving that vision so it could be the limiting beliefs it could be negative thoughts it could be trapped emotions it could be past traumas it could be you know pathogens or you know a lack of well-being whatever it is it's about identifying what those barriers are 
And there's a number of really creative ways to go about that. So, you know, some people think, oh, well, I don't know ultimately what the barriers are, but your body knows, your body knows everything because uh, what we work with generally on a day-to-day basis is 4% of, of us, which is our conscious mind. We're made up of 96% subconscious and that subconscious remembers everything from the moment that we were born, who was there, who attended our first birthday party, what presents we received, what did the cake look and taste like. But if we were to remember all of that, our bodies would be so overwhelmed. So we only access the subconscious and those deeper parts of us and memory when we need to. And that's where actually a lot of the blockages uh, come from. They're all within us and we go and explore where they are. That's the identify step two. Step three is to release them. So it's release, it's process, it's clear. Ultimately, those underlying root causes for the dis-ease that you're experiencing. How do you then, how do you release? What, what defines releasing? So releasing, there's a number of methods that I use. So um, the concepts of uh, psychoneuroimmunology, which is the science behind relaxation techniques. Uh, And psychoneuroimmunology is the endocrine system, the nervous system and the immune system. So it's techniques that focus on those components and that are evidence-based. In addition... In addition to that is um, some of my favorite um, methods for people to access this information within themselves is things like EFT, which is known as emotional freedom techniques. Or never, also na- never heard of that, David. Educate me. Educate me. <laughs> <laughs> so emotional freedom techniques is also known as EFT for short or tapping. And so it's based on... Uh, a number of different modalities. So one being traditional Chinese medicine in a sense that it uses it um, acupuncture points. And oh, so acu- the tapping on the kind of yeah. tapping on the body like that. Yeah. Tapping on the body. So you got the karate chop point on the side oh, of the hand. It was called this. Top of the head, inside of the eye, outside of the eye, under the eye, under the nose, chin, collarbone, and under the arm are some of the main points. I know they and use so, this in people that are scared of flying. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's mm. fantastic. Uh, I remember one of my clients um, had a fear of flying. And so we worked together before she flew and it significantly reduced her uh, anxiety in, when flying. How does it work? So how does it work? So uh, as I mentioned, it, it, it the tapping process taps on acupuncture points. Mm-hmm. And so acupuncture points are based on meridians and the meridians are uh, energy lines that run through the body. So when you tap on a spot, it's accessing that meridian or that energy line. So it actually releases energy. So we can't see that energy, but it is, it's there mm-hmm. and it releases the energy from the body. So some people, as they're tapping, will actually feel, um, you know, if they had, say, a, a tight shoulders, and as they're tapping, they'll feel, they'll say, oh, my shoulders are getting lighter. Oh, I feel it moving to my chest. Oh, it's moving into my heart. Oh, oh, it's, it's not there anymore. Hmm. 
So, so from what, oh, it is, it is amazing. Um, and you can see I'm getting excited about it because it's, it is so powerful and effective because one is it gets energy physically moving and flowing because we know that, uh, you know, emotions and beliefs and whatnot are trapped in the body. So when you tap, it moves that energy within the body. Another part is the tapping process actually calms the nervous system down. So it puts you into that relaxation state. Mm -hmm. I did, uh, I had a, um, a client session this morning and they had never done this process before. And we did one round or two rounds of tapping and actually they felt um, energy moving through all of their legs and felt, and then felt really relaxed. I said, Oh, I feel, I feel really, I feel really calm and relaxed. So it calms the body. It calms the nervous system down. So again, helping to release um, emotions and physical sensations. And it also um, impacts the limbic system in the brain. And as we know, the limbic system is the emotional center of the brain. So we're accessing emotions, calming the nervous system and getting energy moving and flowing. And so in that process, it's like um, psychological acupuncture. Mm -hmm. Sounds really good. Do you, can you, so I guess you can use this in two ways. You can, I guess you can use it in the moment if you're, like you were talking about the flying, maybe you're anxious about something or uh, stressed about something, whatever. And, and can you then, do you, if you're using it to, clear blockages do you then recall um feelings or emotions and then use it at that time or how does yeah that yeah absolutely so perfect you can use it in the moment so i've had uh people have panic attacks and use the, the tapping process even on one spot like their collarbone for example and stop their panic attacks there and then so it's it's highly effective because as we said accessing the mind the subconscious calming the nervous system down and uh, moving energy through the body whereas an as anxiety and panic attack is uh you know overwhelm and overwhelm on the nervous system so it can block it and stop it there and then uh, and then as you said the other aspect is to go back and process an experience so it might be that um, um, I'll give you an example so it might be that um, someone has just say you have um, chronic anxiety for example and so different things are different triggers for you but you might want to know, or not just want to know, but to be able to get to the root cause of your anxiety. So these triggers are happening, but that's actually not the root cause. Your anxiety started because of a particular event or experience or something that happened that you, your body hasn't processed and it's stuck in the body and you need to process it. So you do the tapping process to access the body and the subconscious mind and I guess um, go back in time to uh, experience uh, when it happened and to clear it and to get resolution from that point. And then it clears it all the way forward from potentially, you know, when you were young, you know, three years old or 10 years old. And uh, it's 
as you mentioned earlier, the concept of reframed. So it's not just reframing from a conscious perspective, it's actually reframing from a subconscious perspective. Because I imagine, you know, I think when I, I, I'm fortunate, I've never really had anxiety. I've definitely had stress for sure. Um, but what I hear from people who do suffer with anxiety is no one really, quite often you don't know what the trigger was. Mm. So being able to identify what that was in the first place, I, I assume is fundamental to being able to put a resolution in place. Otherwise, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you fix something? You don't know where the, the trigger was originally, because it could have moved on over the next 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it does move on and it grows and it changes. So a lot of people don't know consciously where it started. Well, some people do because there may be some kind of trauma that they're aware of. Um, there may have been a car accident or, you know, for me, I had a car accident, chronic illness for a long period of time is trauma, but I had a number of different traumas and experiences that were trapped in my body. Um, I had, um, a, um, you know, I have clients who have done a lot of talk therapy um, and they've had years and years and years of talk therapy and they, they feel worse mm -hmm. after doing talk therapy because they say that, well, the body and the nervous system doesn't know the difference between when the trauma occurred and then when the body's talking about it. So they're like being re-traumatized and it's bringing it back up. So this stops that process from happening, but also, um, so I've had clients who have been in talk therapy for years and years and years and um, haven't been able to, to identify the root cause of when their anxiety started. And I literally had a client just the other day where through this process and accessing the, you know, the subconscious mind, um, that uh, cause was... I guess, to some extent revealed. And so in identifying the cause, you use the tapping process to, um, you know, reduce the stress, the anxiety and overwhelm that happened at that time. And I guess ultimately clear it and release it from the body. So it's, it's not there and it doesn't cause that, um, that blockage anymore. It's interesting about the talking therapy because I've often thought that is how, how does re reliving an, an experience over and over again, and I suppose it, I mean, it must work for some people, but for me, I think it would probably just keep re-triggering it. And like you say, the body has no concept over real and imagined because it's only ever processing what goes through your mind, your thoughts, the amygdala anyway. So whether you've seen it with your eyes or you've imagined it, there's there's really no difference. Uh, and the body will respond in its in its way. So, one other question I got for you really is, um, ha what kind of mind um, techniques can people employ to um, overcome a stressful situation or um, an ang anxiety attack? So you can use the the tapping. What other mental framing can you use to to get past those situations and, and get to a, 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 an area, a, a, a place of clarity. Yeah. So I, I really like the, the tapping part. 
um, because you can actually say what's happening. So if you're in an anxious state, you can tap and at the same time say, I'm feeling really anxious. I'm so anxious. I'm feeling really anxious. Whereas if we were just talk, if you were just talking about it and saying, I'm feeling really anxious, I'm feeling really anxious. What's, what's going to happen? This is, I guess, a, a demonstration of what we just talk. What was that? It perpetuates, right? Mm, it perpetuates. So um, the amazing thing about tapping is that it actually breaks that cycle even when you're saying it. So you tap and you say, I'm so anxious, I'm so anxious, I'm so anxious, feeling really anxious, I don't know how to clear this. And it, it actually breaks that cycle. So it's not just about, um, I guess it goes beyond the, the mental side because sometimes the mental side can be really, really challenging to break that cycle. And that's why I like to add the tapping component in there because it is just. Are there any um, techniques that people can use day to day? Um, kind of, I don't know, a bit like meditation or something else where they can, you know, when you're not in the moment exactly, mm -hmm. um, helps give you the, you know, I don't know, greater ability to cope with when stressful situations do arise or, or anxiety attacks do arise. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> EFT is, ama is amazing. Did I, did I say that? How many times, how many times <laughs> yeah, I said that? Apparently. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but um, I mean, things like, you know, meditation and yoga, Qigong, you know, is, is a form of movement going out for, for walks um, you know, spending time off, off, you know, phones and computers, spending time in nature, all of those things are really beautiful and powerful. And, you know, there's breath work that is also really beautiful. So David, can I share one that is really powerful for sure, it's something please. that you can do? Yeah, great. So it's one that you can do, um, when you feel stressed, but it's also something you can do outside of that. And so it's really simple. It's a three-step process. Uh, step number one and two is you take two breaths in through the nose. So it's like a quite quickly. And then you breathe out through the mouth. And so we'll do that again. And just notice your diaphragm at the time. So you breathe in twice, breathe out. That's interesting. Yeah. They, you create that tension to begin with and then it releases. So, it, it, you, yeah, you kind of naturally, uh, uh, the diaphragm naturally clenches with that in, inhale uh, and then relaxes on, on the, on the out breath. Mm. I like mm. that. So really powerful to do, obviously, in the moment, but also outside because we often, uh, and it's a really quick breath to do, mm -hmm. you know, a few seconds and you can do that for a few rounds, but even one can be powerful to, I guess, we talk about changing state or, mm -hmm. you know, changing our energy flow that can change our thoughts, change our feelings um, and change our, our actions and behaviors. So um, it, it takes, I mean, that one can be really quick, but there's, you know, there's other breath work. If you do some breath work for 90 seconds, that can change the brain and the body. 90 it's seconds. Very powerful. I think we take it for granted, 100% mm. breathing, but 
and was all learn to breathe better and 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 you can be skeptical about that kind of thing but it, it does make a a massive difference everything everything within you starts from that that breath really mm. and you can absolutely control i've learned this in the last year or so really is how much you can really control your state on in all different aspects of your life even when you're exercising you can breathe more consciously i think we automatically re breathe heavily and deeply and actually if you could become conscious you probably don't need to breathe that heavily and deeply even when you're exerting yourself uh quite so much and it's definitely something i've kind of picked up and used um like i say fairly recently but it makes a massive massive difference it it does and it affects i guess our, our lifespan as well because you know when we're stressed how are we breathing we're um, tight and tense breathing in into our upper chest. I mean, it's not going down into our diaphragm and going out through the body and it's, we're, not, we're not relaxed. So changing your breath can, has a huge impact on the physical body, but also the, the, your emotional state as well and your, and your health. Yeah, exactly. Like you say, if, if, stress contributes that much to disease <laughs> we need to be looking at how do we relieve that stress and i think you know from my, my personal experience breath has been one of the the biggest differences that i've made you know through mm. meditation and through just conscious breathing at points in the day sometimes i catch myself and i'm breathing f you know fast and shallow and it takes just a quick second to take control and reset and suddenly you can feel the energy change immediately. Mm. You know, your your heart rate tends to follow your breathing and your thought rate tends to follow the breathing. And if you can slow mm. all of that stuff down, the much greater clarity um, and problems don't seem so big and the challenges you try to overcome, suddenly answers appear. It's, it's hugely powerful, I think. Mm. So it's, it's often about equipping and empowering people with tools and techniques so that is my kind of step five or jump step four but step five is really about empowering people with different tools and techniques that education and that training i'm about to oh, excuse me about to sneeze <laughs> thank you um really empowering people with tools and techniques um that can help and support them outside of working together because the working together part is um, is really, really, I guess it's the, the deeper work that is often really hard to do on your own that can help get you to where you want to go so much quicker than if you were doing it on your own. And you can only be with people for so much time, right? So you need to help develop those skills so that they can be employed by themselves in between um, to, I guess, to kind of level out the, the peaks and the troughs over time. Yeah, absolutely. So it's the the clearing from the bucket, uh, I guess, quickly and more deeply with me, and then working through, as you said, peaks in the troughs and being able to handle um, different things as they're coming to you in everyday life. Any any other advice for anybody suffering? Uh, and I use that word suffering because it's not nice um, with stress, anxiety, or overwhelm. Uh, right now anything anything that we haven't covered that you think somebody could use a, uh, whether it's a, just a little pearl of wisdom that somebody could employ to to help get them out of that moment yeah absolutely so one thing is 
it's normal in a sense that it's the body's natural response to what's happening and to your internal bucket being full and overflowing. So just know that it is normal. But then on the other, the other hand, it's not normal in terms of it's not normal to experience that all the time and constantly. Mm-hmm. And that it is a sign that your bucket is overflowing and that you need help and support. So you don't have to live with these symptoms. You can live without these symptoms. And it's about finding the right practitioner and all the right tools and methods to help and support you. Brilliant. Before we come on to where people can find you, I've got a quick fire, a few questions. I'm going to go for it. Uh, go with you. And uh, let's see. I'm asking everybody these same questions because it's really interesting to get the answers. And part of it's selfish because I get some recommendations for, for books and people to follow and that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so number question number one is, uh, do you have a morning routine of any sort? Uh, and if you do, what does it look like? Of course I have a morning routine, David. <laughs> not everyone does, you know, not everyone. <laughs> well, when I talk about the mind, the body and the spirit, I have to have one. Yes. So look, it, it, um, it starts with as soon as I wake up in the morning is visualizing and feeling um, like joy and love. And for me, it, it's, it's light, mm. you know, uh, universal light or a greater, um, a greater version of myself that's just like radiating and shining and it just feels so amazing because uh, the first seven minutes of the morning are the most important for the brain and the brain is most, yeah, recent. I think that's through recent neuroscience. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about how important it is that seven minutes and malleable it is. So it's really important to be feeding it you know, good quality stuff and nutrition and thoughts and feelings um, to get you started rather than looking at the phone with negativity. So my day starts with that visualization. It might be some tapping in bed. So in diff- on different parts of my body or just, you know, simply just on one spot, um, just sort of clearing out if there's anything that needs clearing out. Um, and just recently I started to do a half an hour yoga in the morning nice. to again, you know, I do a half an hour yoga and then some other things. So I might do some chanting or some Qigong or, um, you know, some brain spotting. It's another kind of therapy that I do. But so I just kind of feel into what I need for that day. You have to get up quite early t- to fit that in. Not really, because um, uh, well, yoga for me is at, at seven o'clock, seven to seven thirty. And then um, and then I do another, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Um, of other bits and pieces. That's not too and I, I mean, manageable. It's not. A lot it of is. And our morning routine means getting up at five, but if you can, you don't have to get up at crazy o'clock. No, look, it, it can be, even if that morning routine for you is just that, that first visualization and that feeling in the morning. And even if it's seven minutes, well, one is, you know, that initial thought and feeling, but seven minutes is, is powerful. I'm going to remember that seven minutes <laughs> and use them a little more wisely. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, three books that you would recommend uh, and why? And I, three. Three's hard, right? So uh, I know I'm like three books, three books. I'm reading one at the moment called energy, energy medicine. Um, it's a, it's a new book 
could have been by a lady in the UK. And um, it talks about like the science behind energy medicine. Mm, um, things like traditional Chinese medicine, hands-on healing, um, you know, chakras and things. So I'm really excited to be reading that. So I haven't finished it and I'm just getting started, but I think that's a good one. What else? I've got a few books behind me. Uh, I, I quite like this one actually, which is um, Quantum Wellness. Mm, I've not heard of that. Um, which um, Kathy talks, I oh know that's, was it forward? No, yeah, Kathy. Kathy talks about like sort of seven, five main steps to, um, to wellness, but she talks about the concept of quantum wellness or the quantum approach, which is really beautiful and I use all the time, which is um, wellness is about making like small steps and small changes. And when you make those small steps and small changes, then you end up with these big leaps in wellness. Mm -hmm. You know, so people think, oh. Compounding, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it's those small changes and those small tweaks that get you there, not necessarily those like big, you know, you think oh, I've got to do, you know, change all of this. It's the, the small things are achievable. So that's a really beautiful one. I like that. What's the third one? Um, third one, because it's behind me here. There's so many good books. This is, I'm a bit of a bookaholic. I have a whole massive cupboard <laughs> over here that's full of yeah, books. Yeah, me too. This is why I ask for more <laughs> recommendations because I, I, I plow through the things. But um, yeah, like I said, I said to another guest the other day, Tim Ferriss cost me a fortune because I keep following his recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, are you a Sagittarian, David? I'm not, I'm Libran. Oh, I don't know. I know um, myself and my mother-in-law are both Sagittarians and we both love and addicted to books. Yeah. Mine's been in the last few years, really. I kind of, I never really read until, I don't know, maybe probably about only three or four years ago. I, I went through a spell of reading and then I was, my commute changed. So I was driving and so I lost the reading for quite a while and then I went back to audible and then everything kicked in and then I was reading physical books and audible all at the same time and <laughs> when you had three books on the go at any, any one time. <laughs> I love it I love it now I have one at a time so this next book is The Dirt Cure by Maya um, She Treat and Maya is American she's really really amazing I've seen her um, speak at a conference and so she is a um, she's a physician, um, was it oncology or neuro or uh, pediatric neurologist, mm -hmm. a pediatric ne neurologist. So obviously working, you know, neurology, the brain with, with children and, um, started looking at things from a different perspective and really looking at, so it's called the dirt cure. So it's really about nature and the importance of nature and the impact that that has on the body, on the brain and, you know, kids with, um, you know, autism and learning difficulties. And, and obviously the, the book extends beyond that and is really about um, the dirt cure, human, um, you know, nature and, I like that. The influence that that has on the body. So that is really beautiful and obviously very evidence-based as well, which is really nice. Nice. Good recommendations. Uh, three people to follow um, or listen to and why? Three people to follow, listen to and why? Oh, this is a really tough one. Um, 
Georgie, the naturopath on Instagram. Um, she, I've not, not heard of her. So I'll no, she, she, she's a local here in Australia, but so she's a naturopath. She does a lot on anxiety. She does a lot on women's health mm-hmm. and she's really, really inspirational. She's had her, her own journey. Um, she's a naturopath obviously. So then uses a lot of herbals to help and support people and looks at things from a nutritional perspective and a mindset perspective. So I love Ge- Georgie and the work that she does. Uh, who else? Um, it's really challenging. I need to go through my, my bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, who else do I follow? Um, Oh, I'm really, I'm a little bit stuck and stumped here. Um, she's got power is the Instagram handle Mm -hmm. and Michelle, Michelle Fennel Greek is actually she's changed her name um michelle is based in she's based in in america but she's a nutritionist who um uh who also helps people to become nutritionists Mm -hmm. but works with women who are um stressed anxious overwhelmed from a nutritional perspective and really getting that balance nutritionally in their life uh and who else um Oh, yeah, it is. I'm like, oh my goodness, you have put me on the spot. I'm completely unprepared here. Um, Dr. Daniel Pomper. Don't know him. Dr. Daniel Pomper is someone... Three recommendations here that I'm not aware of, so it's good. (laughs) So Dr. Daniel Pomper is based in America and he is a, I think, like an integrating functional medicine practitioner. He actually came from a recommendation. uh, So someone recommended him to me. And I love the work that he, he does and I've been following for many, many years, but he does a lot of, um, he's, he does talks every day, but a lot on fasting. Oh, interesting. And the benefits of fasting and how important that is and, um, you know, a ketogenic diet, but I mean, ultimately about the optimal diet and nutrition for the body. Um, so he, he's very much into fasting and every few months does a group online fast and there's, I can't remember how many people are in the Facebook group now, but I think there's over, it's probably over 50,000 people in the um, fasting for a purpose, I think is the group. Uh, There's 31,000 members in the group. And so he will do a fast online. He will talk to, to you in preparation. So a few weeks prior and build you up so that you're having the right nutritional intake to be able to do the fast, talk you through the fast it's um it's really amazing and something that is is um helps i guess the mind the body and the spirit um because it's cleansing in all different levels and layers yeah i've read a lot about fasting uh, fairly recently and something i'm quite interested in i have work out how to fit it in with exercising <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> i haven't quite figured out yet so i need to do some more research well, you can you can just start by increasing your um, your eating window. So if you normally eat at seven a.m. in the morning, then try eight a.m. and then try nine a.m. and ten, and just and push it back. So you can do your intermittent fasting. Yeah, I did that um, for a while actually, um, and quite yeah, great. Quickly, I got used to it. It's kind of it was fairly straightforward, uh, particularly when I was traveling. You know, when I was normal day to day work because I just eat dinner and then not eat until lunch. Mm. Um, 
my my schedule's changed somewhat and I tend to exercise in the morning now, which is kind of throwing a spanner in the works. So I need to figure that bit out, particularly when I go cycling, <laughs> because <laughs> no food and cycling doesn't seem to work very well. Yeah, yeah. I'll figure that one out. Um, okay, so three good habits or disciplines that you've adopted that you feel have made the biggest difference to your life. Uh, three habits and disciplines would be that morning routine, uh, that visualization first thing in the morning, tapping, adding tapping into my, into my day or when things are happening. Um, and three things is, uh, I'm just sort of looking over on the side here. I'm just like, it's creating a space mm-hmm. for myself. Um, so I have my yoga mat down. Um, I've got a little cupboard and some things on top. So my little, like my, my music is on there. I've got some books. I've got some essential oils and crystals and a real little space for me. And um, I've been where I am now for a year and a half and I didn't have this, this space in this area. So I didn't, I wasn't able to really, I didn't feel it was more difficult to do my practice. Mm-hmm. Whereas the last few weeks I have this, this little setup and it just feels so much easier to do. I guess it's like a little, you know, like a little temple, yeah. but it's my, my space. And, and that has really helped. Yeah. It's nice if you've got somewhere where you don't have to keep packing away and setting up and packing away and setting up because you just create, it creates barriers. Right. And that's something I've found with this lockdown is now doing everything in more or less one area um, is actually more challenging than, going leaving and going to the gym because it's a you know it's a that was a set pattern whereas yeah. working out in the living room is seems to be harder than going going to the gym. <laughs> well <laughs> actually it's a relaxing space not a exercise space yeah yeah i guess it depends on the space so i'm actually um uh it's actually been helpful for me because um because i still have some challenges with my energy levels and fatigue i found it really difficult to go out and you know do yoga and things whereas now um i'm doing it online so i don't have any excuses i have to you know set my computer up it's there and it's i don't i don't need to travel i just rock up in my pajamas Well, in that case, this this question might be quite easy. Three uh, tools, systems, services, apps, whatever you want, whatever that you now couldn't live without. Uh, so, can I say EFT again? Is that allowed? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So EFT. Um, what was that? Systems, apps, and things. Yeah, anything. Um, uh, number two would be Insight Timer. Insight timer. In, oh, you don't know that one, David. No, I do not. Um, Insight t- t- timer. It's free to download on your on your iPhone, and it has. Um, I think it's over a hundred thousand. Um, you know, meditation. You know, med- a lot of meditations and things. So there's music, different types of meditation. So there's some tapping in there. There's some, you know, Yin yoga. There is um, chanting. There's, um, you know bilingual beats it's all different sorts so it is amazing and it's free to use um and access um so that's awesome for um yeah 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 that's a really good one uh number three you like these th- you like these threes don't yeah, you one's easy and then but three's more challenging because you got to- <laughs> <laughs> it is it is um three 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 Oh, essential oils. Oh, 
Can I, can, oh, can I add a fourth one? Yeah, go on. I'll let you off. Thank you. Thank you. So I love essential oils. They're, they're amazing. They work at different levels within the body. So they're, you know, the energetic and the physical level and layers and spiritual, which is really amazing. Um, so I love those, but I love cards. Mm. I love cards. I guess, you know, some people call them like Oracle cards or, um, uh, I have, uh, about six decks, but I, I have four on the way. And they're really beautiful and really powerful because there's always some kind of message or gift in them that relates to you and what's happening for you. And I use them with all of my clients. I generally send them um, often after a session. There's a bit of a reflection after a session. Um, can I choose one for you, David? Are you? Yeah, go on. Okay. So this deck that I'm using is the Secret Language of Color Cards by Inner Seagull. Hmm. She's amazing. Um, so it's very much based on color. So some of them are really spiritual and really woohoo, but some of them are actually quite kind of practical. So this one is uh, coral. Allow flow and synchronicity into your life. I like that. Does it resonate? Yes. Yeah, I love, I, 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 uh... I've become more conscious of synchronicity, I would say, in the last year or so. Uh, it, it's surprising. <laughs> it's surprising the, the things that turn up, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So cards are really beautiful and really powerful. I used to think being left brain, you know, organized, trying to control everything. You know, I used to do a lot with processes and systems and I was in IT. So everything's like has to be logical. Well, what I do now to some extent is, is almost not logical because it's like going with the flow and, you know, there's not always a set sequence of things. Um, but so, you know, choosing a card for, you know, like what's an intention or what's a theme for today or what do I need to know or I'm really stuck right now and, and pulling a card um, is completely sort of letting go and, and not in control. But it's so amazing how um accurate these are and every time i pull one for it for a client they're like oh my goodness that's it you know that that was like the theme of the session or that's exactly where i'm at now or i've even used it to when when clients um some clients say oh i don't know what i want to work on today okay well how about we you know what how do you feel about pulling a card pull a card and they say oh oh my gosh or they don't quite know what it means but we do some work and then the whole session ends up being about the theme of that card. Um, so it's, it's a little bit woo-woo, but, you know, we combine, we combine woo-woo and science together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think science just tends to prove a lot of the woo-woo these days. <laughs> so, oh, I like that, David. You know what I mean? It's like uh, all, of the, <laughs> all of the stuff that everyone was talking about in India thousands of years ago, science is now just catching up. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. To watch happen. Uh, I, ca I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait until the science ca catches up with energy healing, like hands-on energy healing. That is going to be amazing. Well, it's going to take some uh, pride swallowing, I think, for a lot of people to, <laughs> for that to happen. That's why it's uh -huh. um, uh -huh. The final question, this is only a one. If you could spend uh, an hour with one person, dead or alive, who would that one person be? Oh, this this feels really quite. Um, do some tapping as we do this. This like feels quite quite.
quite, um, I don't know if heavy is the right word or like um, such a big question. Mm. So who would it be? Um, initially it was like Tony Robbins and someone else and it was God. And then it was actually the creator of, I don't know if it's like the creator. Um, Yeah. I guess the, the, the creator of kind of like the universe. So for me, when I, when I visualize like the quantum field or, you know, me and, and, you know, what else is out there, I visualize this or I see this beautiful, like golden light. Um, and that comes through in a lot of things in meditations and visualizations and things. So it is, it's, it's actually the golden light actually discovering more of like, you know, how and why. Where, and, is that, where does that thing come from? <laughs> yeah. A little bit like more about it. I mean, ultimately, you know, I feel in sense that it's, it's, you know, it, it's me, I'm that creator and we're all one and we're all connected. So I, I feel that and I feel that in the light, but sometimes it's kind of more depth to that. I get exactly it's, it's, it's kind of like exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. It's like the end of the rainbow. It's like, you want to go to the end of the rainbow and like that pot of gold. Does the end ever, is there an end to the rainbow? That's the thing. I just don't, who bloody knows. I just, that's with, that's with this light. Same thing. Same that's, thing. Uh, one thing I'd say on that is uh, one thing I noticed over the last, I don't know, however long is that, the more conscious you become when you think when you close your eyes you think it goes dark and then you realize that it's not actually dark you can find a very very bright light when your eyes are closed if you mm. look if you're conscious of it in the right place you kind of take it for granted that you close your eyes and it goes dark and i found that it doesn't actually go very dark it goes quite bright and you know, mm. i have to I, I have to work for it to go dark, <laughs> not for it. To <laughs> yeah, fantastic. But and see, a lot of people who, um, you know, obviously work with me, um, and are, I guess not conscious or or um, you know are on the journey. What they see is darkness, and what they feel in their bodies is darkness. Mm. Um, and it's about paving the way for them, empowering them, so they can see the light and experience it and they're not stuck in um you know the different experiences and emotions and thoughts that are the keeping them in the darkness that's amazing well we have uh, slightly overrun um but it's been very interesting thank you very much uh, for giving up your time and coming to speak to me where can people find you and find out more um if they've enjoyed listening to this Thanks. Thanks, David. I've had such a ball chatting here and I hope the listeners have too. Um, so where people can find me is lisagumnik.com. That's G-U-M-I-E-N-I-U-K.com as well as uh, Facebook and Instagram, which is Lisa Gumnik Coach and my Facebook group, which is Chaos to Clarity Reset. Perfect. Uh, and I'll make sure we've got all of the links um, awesome. when this goes out. Um, thank again, you so much. Thank, thank you very, very much for giving it your time. Have a lovely evening uh, over there in Sydney and hopefully we'll speak again soon. Sounds fantastic. Thank you. Great. Cheers, Lisa. Bye.